0: Welcome to show number three of Polmcast. Today, we're continuing our
1: multi-part sepsis series. We'll start with process promise and arise, and then finish with some blood utilization and discussing the TRIST trial.
0: Let's get bloody. No? no? No, no, I don't think that's the tagline. Okay. But first, let's start with the case. have a 62-year-old female admitted to the ICU for septic shock on levofed. Her source is thought to be pneumonia. She's already had two liters of fluid in the ED. You decide to run early goal-directed therapy. And after a central line was placed, her CVP was four. So she received an additional liter of normal saline. Her Levo's at a relatively low dose, and you draw an SCVO2. It's 62. What do you do? There's a fairly sizable portion of the medical community who would say... Ignore it
1: and stop drawing it. All right, all right. Before we jump to conclusions, let's look at the trials first.
0: Process, Promise, and Arise. They came out in 2014 and 2015 from the U.S., U.K., and Australia slash New Zealand, respectively, starting with Process. All of the trials looked at early goal-directed therapy compared to usual care. All three trials were independent of each other, but they harmonized to answer a similar question.
1: Let's look at Process more in-depth and then transition into the other two. The process was done in the United States and tries to answer the question, how does protocolized care compare to usual care in adults with sepsis? It was done over seven years in 31 different hospitals with over 1,300 patients. Right
0: off the bat, Rivers' criticizers will mention the much larger patient population and multi-center aspect of the trial compared to a single-center trial.
1: There was three groups in the trial, an early goal-directed therapy group emulating Rivers' protocol, a protocolized-based six-hour standard therapy group that prompted resuscitation with administration of IV fluids until clinical euvolemia.
0: The third and final group allowed usual care, and what this meant is that the bedside provider directed all care without any prompted protocol. There were a little over 400 patients in each group, and each group got 30 cc's per kg of fluid prior to randomization.
1: Their primary endpoint was 60-day mortality, and they saw no difference between any of the three groups of the trial. Mortality ranged from 18 to 21% amongst the groups.
0: As we continue our comparison of process to rivers, the average serum lactate amongst all groups in the process trial was 4.8 to 5, rather than the 6.6 to 7.7 seen in the rivers trial. As you move to differences in treatment between the three groups, the following differences are worth mentioning.
1: Nearly all patients in the early goal-directed therapy group got central lines, 93% that is, compared to just half in the other two groups. Interestingly
0: enough, the early goal-directed therapy groups only received a little over 500 cc's more fluid than usual care after randomization.
1: Dibutamine use was, as expected, significantly higher in the early goal-directed therapy group, 8% compared to about 1% in the other two groups.
0: Remember that Rivers was 13% dobutamine usage just for comparison.
1: Blood transfusion was 14% in the Rivers group of process compared to 7 and 8% respectively in the other two arms.
0: And in the Rivers trial, the early goal-directed therapy group had a transfusion rate of
1: 64%. If you look at adherence to protocol, 88% of early goal-directed therapy group actually got early gold-directed therapy, which is excellent if any of you have worked in a system running a river sepsis protocol. When you first look at the mortality rate of process in all arms and compare it to rivers, that's roughly 18 to 21 percent versus 30 to 40 percent, that means one of several things. Either we have gotten a lot better at sepsis care since 2001 or the patient population was different
0: particularly when looking at process and promise, we have to be cognizant of contamination. Contamination who? The concept that patients in the control group have been exposed to the intervention being studied. Early goal-directed therapy has been widely used and adopted to the point where it's been ingrained in the culture of the hospital. I know this is the case where I work, and I assume it's very similar in the centers that ran these trials.
1: That's a very real possibility and something that River's purists have been debating since the new trials were published. It's hard to say what the providers actually did in the usual care arm, and if they ran any sort of modified early goal-directed therapy based on their experience.
0: You can look at the numbers we mentioned and at least know that they didn't run pure early goal-directed therapy. They put in a lot less central lines, they had significantly less dobutamine and transfusions, and only 3 to 4% of the patients in those two non-early goal-directed therapy groups had any form of SCVO2 monitoring.
1: We will take a much quicker look at Promise and ARISE given that they are similar to PROCESS and there is a large volume of material in the online medical community around the three trials so promise
0: was done in the uk at 56 hospitals it looked at a total of over 1200 patients
1: wow another well-designed multi-center large trial
0: both promise and arise compared early goal directed therapy directly to a control arm which was usual care so there was no
1: third group in early goal directed therapy arm of promise they used central lines capable of continuous scvo2 monitoring and the Traditional Rivers Protocol.
0: This included returning to the standard care after
1: six hours. The usual care group statements were a bit interesting. They stated SCVO2 was not permitted at all in the first six hours of the study. Quoted from the study, "...decisions about the location of care, delivery, investigations, monitoring, and all treatments were made at the discretion of the treating clinician." This included the placement of central and arterial lines. The primary outcome was all-cause
0: mortality at 90 days, and it was 29%
1: in both groups. There was the expected differences in blood transfusion and dobutamine use in the early goal-directed therapy arm. Fluid administration was very similar between the two groups, and total numbers were similar to process in all regards, including pre-randomization fluids and total fluids administered in 72 hours. Central line insertion was also nearly identical to what process found in between the early goal-directed therapy arm and usual care.
0: As a quick reminder, they placed a lot of central lines in the early goal-directed therapy group and about 50% in the usual care group. Arise is the Australian version of Promise, and it was conducted in 51 hospitals, mostly in Australia and New Zealand, and they used over 1,600 patients.
1: We won't spend much time on Arise because the results in trial design are the same as Promise. The end result was no difference in 90-day mortality, with final numbers at 18.6% mortality versus 18.8% respectively.
0: Interestingly, Arise had lower Apache 2 scores than Process and Promise, although they addressed this with looking at subgroup analysis of patients with Apache 2s greater than 25, and they still found no differences between these groups.
1: Jeremy, what's Apache 2? Is that a helicopter?
0: It's one of the scores that we use to
1: measure severity of critical illness. So it's a risk stratifier. So they found that patients in a rise that were, in general, less sick than process and promise. However, when they looked at the subgroup analysis of patients who were more sick, they still found no difference between the two groups. Exactly. So let's bring this back to our case. If you recall, our patient was on pressors, had a central line, and had already received adequate 30 cc's per kg. Her initial scvo2 is 62. What do you do?
0: Based on the commentary in the online medical education community world, after these 3 trials, I think a lot of people would really just ignore it and tell the nurse to stop drawing it.
1: I don't think based on the new trials even the most staunch rivers purist would try to make everyone use debutamine if they didn't want to. I know at our center, it remains in the protocol until the new surviving sepsis campaign comes out, which is anticipated to come out in early 2017. Despite the fact it remains in the protocol, our intensivist team is allowed to go off protocol if they desire.
0: We personally believe that this is the best approach in our system, which is a mix of a large tertiary center with multiple community hospitals. And we have a wide ranging experience in terms of our providers who are taking care of septic patients. From our trainees to general medicine physicians to experienced intensivists with many years of providing quality care to septic
1: patients. Let's discuss the early goal directed therapy options of SCVO2. What is her hemoglobin?
0: Uh, Labs came back and it was 8.6. Would you give her blood? Leads us perfectly into our next discussion, Tris and blood utilization.
1: Based on the new data and new literature around blood utilization over the last several years, including non-septic patients such as GI bleed, I would not give this patient blood.
0: But Rivers told us that we need to transfuse to a hemoglobin target of 10. Is that not the case anymore?
1: No, I think even the most ardent early goal-directed therapy supporter in the practice has slowly transitioned their hemoglobin target over to 7.
0: Tris, that's transfusion requirements in septic shock. It was a trial that looked at nearly a 1,000 patients who had septic shock, and they transfused to either restrictive, being a hemoglobin target of 7, or liberal, being a hemoglobin target of 9.
1: Even they couldn't bring themselves to use a target of 10 in the trial. Whoops. So it was a large multi center trial
0: in 32 intensive care units with a primary endpoint of mortality. Guess what?
1: They found no difference in mortality between the two groups. Wow, 99% of patients in the liberal arm were transfused. We thought 64% in the Rivers trial was high.
0: As we talked about earlier, the new trials also had significantly lower transfusion rates in their early goal-directed therapy arms than in the classic early goal-directed therapy conducted by Rivers, or as a reminder, 14% in these new trials versus 64% in Rivers trial.
1: To be fair, only one patient experienced an adverse event related to blood and over 4,000 transfusions in the study, and that wasn't statistically different in the restrictive versus liberal arm They also didn't specifically use RIVERS early gold-directed therapy protocol. The transfusions weren't related to SCVO2s at all. That makes it hard to truly compare. Listeners should avoid comparing the hemoglobin of 7 group in this study to the RIVERS protocol directly. I do
0: think the low adverse events was surprising with so many transfusions, definitely different than were traditionally taught. The authors attributed that to the newer leuko-reduced blood compared to the old studies of blood adverse events.
1: Although despite the absence of direct comparability to Rivers' protocol, as they didn't use SCVO2, most intensivists have turned it away from high hemoglobin targets in all forms of critical illness over the last several years, and sepsis is no exception
0: are we all in agreement on this part?
1: I think so. I think all of us are transfusing to a hemoglobin target of seven now in sepsis and in general critical illness.
0: There you have it, folks. That concludes part three of our sepsis multicast. Until next time, keep breathing,
1: keep streaming, and keep reading.